So my name's Elise Pedro Graham, and I'm a visual artist based here in Montreal, and I'm also a coordinator for the local art space Friends and Neighbors. I just did a collective reading event at Studio XX, but uh, primarily my work is usually sculpture and installation, not so much uh, interactive work. Have you ever been to a collective reading event? I don't think so. Never something that's actually a formal event. I've, I've definitely had work dates with friends, but uh, nothing where the intention was to sit down and read through something for fun. Uh, someone asked me if they were worried that they were going to come and it was people reading out loud, and I think they were very relieved when it was people <laughs> were just going to be reading solo. Like, I think people maybe sometimes discussed what they were reading, but it was more of an individual act happening together. Which is uh, what it's like to be on the internet. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're in like a cafe and you're on the your computer with a bunch of other people, I guess. It's kind of a similar thing, but hopefully a bit more cozy. And this was with intention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the idea for this project, it's first iteration was in this solo exhibition I had maybe three years ago and I had made a beanbag chair that people could sit in and I had a plinth of paper which was my own reading history and I kind of expanded on that idea for this project where people would come into this space and bring their own reading material but the initial um, idea came from after I graduated from university I was working for a student union in their equity and accessibility office, so a lot of my work was like sitting in front of a computer and doing a lot of computer-based tasks, and um, I did that work for a year, and it was also, I was in a university setting and a political setting, but then I moved to Montreal and started working in the service industry again, and actually felt like I was missing out on a lot of conversations or what people were talking about online and kind of realizing that in some way it's like um, a privilege I guess to be able to engage in these conversations and have the time to do that so thinking about who shares all the content online and who has the chance to engage with that and who doesn't have the chance to engage with that. I don't know, I really wanted to have a physical space and have people print out what they were reading online so they could physically see what they're engaging with because I think a lot of times we're like scrolling forever, reading like all this content online and it's the kind of thing where two hours have disappeared and you don't really know what happened in those two hours. So I wanted these printouts so you can kind of see how much work you're doing through in reading these things. 
I created a poster series for the show that was my browser history for the past year, like uh, all the articles that I've read, most of the articles I've read on my computer. <laughs> and well, first of all, I wanted something that people could, would draw people into the space and seem more like a traditional like gallery exhibit. So uh, people would maybe feel a bit more comfortable in the space, they could engage with that and then maybe start to read their own material. That would be the first thing that drew them in. And I'm really happy that I made this piece and it was kind of emotional looking through it. Like I could look back at certain chunks of articles that I've read and remember where I was or like who I was with and it's kind of vulnerable a little bit people could see like my trains of thought and it was just another way to kind of show this mass amount of content that we're all going through that I don't think we really think about we're we're constantly reading all the time like people are engaging with each other through text through Facebook messenger it's just a lot of content that that is taking up so much space in our brain. It's funny, that I feel like there were a lot of different approaches that people took to coming here. Some people definitely had articles that they had saved in their bookmark and they brought them and read them and like went through and printed another one and read through it. And then I had a few friends here who couldn't even like set the time aside to do that. I noticed they were more like checking their email or sending emails and I couldn't sit down and actually read something for fun. I think we're just constantly skimming as well. A lot of my work is about labor and I really wanted a physical space that represented this intellectual labor because a lot of it is just happening, you know, inside our heads and we don't recognize it as labor, like the labor it takes to be involved in a conversation about politics or news events or um, even like things happening in our own community. That is work. Unpaid work. I think to be um, someone engaged in a community and, I don't know, like as someone who's white, like examining my own privilege in a community and like staying informed on what's happening like in Montreal or in Canada and things that um, maybe aren't affecting me directly, but like um, making the effort to stay on top of these conversations and it's work and it takes time and I think like a lot of work is unpaid and if you're someone who cares about what's happening in the community like it is a lot of effort to like stay engaged.
Yeah, it's like reading about like a Quebec queer history, and then there's like a margarita jello shot like <laughs> recipe after it. <laughs> so, do you feel there is an inherent relationship between identity production and this kind of scrolling, collecting, and gathering? Definitely. I think like a lot of the ways we are known to other people now is online, like our Instagram profiles. Sometimes I don't know someone in who's from Montreal, like I've never met them in real life, but I know their Instagram handle and I kind of know what they're up to and that's the way that they're like represented to me. And something I think about a lot is also sharing certain articles certain political articles and what does that mean and like should I share this thing if everyone I know is already sharing it everyone's already read the same article what am I really adding to the conversation it's is it more for myself that I'm like sharing this to show that I'm a good person and that I care about these kind of things like how much of it is public and how much of it is private and and what is what are our reasons for sharing those things? It's something I think about a lot. I don't really have an answer or s- saying something is good or bad, but yeah, it's something I think about. I think about that a lot too. Yeah, who are we sharing for? Yeah, and how much of that is self-serving? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, f- I'm, I don't have an answer for that, but it's definitely creates a certain personality about us what we can I mean people talk about curating their online profile it is like a curation whether it be an aesthetic curation or curation of ideas or things that we promote or events we're going to yeah it's definitely that and you said when you looked at you were kind of going through this process of creating these um posters that you, it was very vulnerable mm-hmm. um why was that I think certain articles reminded me of certain people maybe who like aren't in my life right now and remembering like sitting down with them reading this thing or making recipes together or it's funny how um, much emotion can be tied up in your online life like looking you know it's like looking through old photos except looking through old texts that have certain ties with certain people looking at different news stories and it's been like 2018 on a world scale has been a pretty rough year and I think a lot of the news was pretty bleak and I think probably some of the articles are things people have also read in the past year and cared about and it's this like shared experience as well. someone pointed out today it was interesting to see who came to this event and um, asked like what does it mean to um, invite people into a space on a Saturday afternoon to kind of engage in this intellectual labor and unpaid labor and who's coming and I think it was a lot of my female or non-binary friends who came 
And uh, I feel like that's a lot of time the people who are putting in a lot of this uh, invisible labor. And it's also a lot of times people in marginalized positions who are creating all this content online for themselves to like talk about what they want to talk about but that's also a lot of work and then also who's engaging in these conversations not just like in my event but in general online and who needs to care about these things and who doesn't need to care about these things this is a point i think about a lot is this kind of feedback loop that we exist in and as you're saying people in marginalized positions creating this content and it's being shared and you know kind of consumed by people who are already aware Mm -hmm. and people the people or other folks who you know maybe could use a little bit more awareness are not engaging Mm -hmm. and it's like how do we kind of break out of this cycle but it's also so much like there's so much out there anything any event that happens like how many think pieces are like written about one specific thing and like how do you choose which one you're engaging in and then there's a response to the response and it's pretty overwhelming i think i don't know i've been joking that like the overwhelming feeling of our time is just exhaustion like i think we're all exhausted (laughs) especially as people in activist communities or creative communities we're just burning ourselves out, like, making this content, responding to this content. It's, yeah, it's overwhelming. And does it ever kind of feel like, you know, the question, like, for what? Mm-hmm. Why are we putting in all of this time and energy? I think so. Yeah. Something I'm also asking myself after doing this event, like, what does it mean to put on an event? And I don't normally work in ways where it's asking people to engage so much in a project. And I found it very hard to promote this event and get people and ask people to take their time to do it. And everyone's busy. And what am I doing? Just adding another event to all the events that are happening. Those are some things I'm thinking about now that this project is wrapping up. But I think that this, like, specifically is really important because it's a space of reflection. Mm -hmm. And as you're saying and you've said, you know, we kind of, there's so much and we're so overwhelmed by everything that's around us. But how much of that actual content are we deeply engaging with? Yeah. Or, like, taking the time to understand And a space like this gives us that time. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important in our daily lives to make space. Yeah. Which, like you're saying, you know, you're like, hey, come out to my event. And people are like, oh, no, I'm too busy. Mm -hmm. Like, this could probably be, like, beneficial for you. Yeah. Yeah, something I just thought about, asking people to also print out their articles and on paper and read them that way I think is maybe useful for concentration because you only have the paper in front of you you're not like clicking on another link and have like another tab open like this is the thing you're focused on right now Thank you.
Labor is, I think, the overarching theme in most of my work and its relation to gender. One of the next projects I'm working on is a video relating to a series of stretches for service industry workers uh, to alleviate the pain caused by working in the service industry. So I'm not sure how that relates to invisibilized labor, but also in content and in actual practice, a lot of my work is very tedious and takes a lot of effort. And I think it's work that's traditionally considered feminized labor. Like um, I do, yeah, I do a lot of craft work in my studio as well. I'm working on some rug hooking pieces right now. And these posters that I made were all hand drawn for the show. And um, I think that kind of labor also, it, it is also kind of another form of slowing down and taking time to think, like using my hands and having to, a practice that takes a long time. It, it's, it is relaxing, yeah. But then I show it and I guess people see it in a second, don't really know all the labor that goes behind it. One piece of artwork that I always come back to is by this artist Mirelli Ukeli's Letterman, and uh, it's the Maintenance Art Manifesto, and she wrote it in the 70s and was kind of talking, it was after she had children and was trying to figure out how she could make work when she was so busy being a mother. and was looking at maintenance art as a force of continuing and like repairing um, instead of this idea of constant linear progression, which seemed like a very, at the time, a very like masculine way of working. And um, she did a project where she went into a gallery space and like just cleaned the gallery space or she had an ongoing project in uh, the 80s where she shook hands with every sanitation worker in New York City. So, that's something I always come back to, this idea of maintenance and um, how to like sustain things instead of constantly trying to move forward on something new. What were your most recent searches in the past few, like the two uh, events that you had. Yeah, now I'm like really cognizant of like, what I'm reading online. What did I read? Well, something I printed out to read was, uh, and I honestly was a little distracted with hosting this event and I didn't get to like fully read it, but Xenofeminism um, Manifesto, so, I've been, which I think is very apropos, but I'm gonna like, printed it out and I'm actually going to go read it at home and then I really want to read the Cyborg Manifesto or two things and um, also been printed out last week a bunch of articles related to like movement and gesture and kind of trying to prep for my video piece that I'm working on. Amazing. Yeah. Cool. 
So how is the practice of examining our tabs um, a valuable tool for looking at identity or personhood in a larger social context? Mm -hmm. um, I think it's always useful to look back on what you've been reading and seeing common themes and also maybe challenging yourself on what you're reading or like more what you're not reading. It seems like everyone was reading something today about digital culture and being online. I don't think it was on purpose. I don't even think it was related to, even though that was kind of the theme of the show, I think people just ha like happened to be, this is what everyone's thinking about. We're all online and looking critically at being online, but like reading it online. <laughs> it's kind of this feedback loop almost. I think we do use our like intellectual interests as a way to kind of cultivate personalities, which I I don't I don't know what that means, but yeah, maybe look back at what you're reading as well and question that and maybe try to challenge yourself in reading some things you haven't been reading. I don't know. That are kind of completely outside of this bubble. Yeah. Because I feel like especially with online culture and the way that we interact with social media, we're living in this very, very tiny bubble. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as you're saying, like everybody or a lot of folks that came out are reading about being online. Yeah. That's something that is in this collective consciousness mm -hmm. um, that we're trying to understand. Yeah. It's funny. Yet, like... My mom sent me this link to an inspirational article like yesterday about, I think it was like a chain letter, I don't know, it was like Steve Jobs, like last words or something, so it's funny to see what she was reading and I want to maybe get outside of my own bubble and try to read maybe some more like local news, like francophone news and see what's happening there. Yeah, challenge myself a little bit. You had talked a little bit about this earlier and how we share in order to kind of be part of something. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the less we share, the more we move further away from our social group or just yeah. kind of part of something. Mm -hmm. And I was wondering if you had thought about that or if you could talk a little bit about it. Yeah, I agree. Like, I think we share in a way to kind of cultivate these relationships with chips with people or like be like I see you like you see me like we're talking about these things but why does that have to be like Facebook or Instagram 
I started a crit group last year and we got together and kind of shared articles and also talked about our art practices and that was a really nice way of meeting new people and getting together. I think as cheesy as it is, I think getting together physically in real life with people is really important. Maybe it's a reading group or just getting together with friends and talking about like what we've been reading. I think it can get really shallow if we're sharing articles or like people will share it and be like, didn't read yet, but like sharing to read for later, you know? Yeah, I'm really happy that it turned out to be such a relaxing space. That was my goal. Is there anything that you omitted from your browser history? And I also wanted to know if incognito <laughs> mode is included. Um, I the only reason the only time I ever use incognito mode is when I've. Um, used up my New York Times art, free article limit and then try to read more articles. I don't really use that, but I definitely did omit a few things, like, I don't know, porn-related things, or if I was Googling a specific person in Montreal and thought maybe they would be here, I think those were the only two things that I omitted. I just read this article yesterday that I was like, oh, I'm glad that I already finished these posters. It was like, woman, like, is a scientist and worked with these dolphins and then, like, developed this sexual relationship with a dolphin. <laughs> I'm like, now I'm like being really hypercognizant of what I'm reading. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but like, we're all reading trash. <laughs> <laughs> the Courtney Cox stuff. Yeah. And then it was like Kim Cattrall's brother down. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that shit I look up. Yeah, totally. Like 45 engagement photos that don't look real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, totally.